this is Eric Johnson, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Joe Satriani, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Dweezil Zappa, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. And welcome to episode 254 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In this episode, we bring to you an interview with the one and only Dweezil Zappa. Dweezil's currently in the studio right now working on a new album, but he, uh, we are thankful that he was able to take some time out and talk to us about that album. So without any further ado, here's that interview with Dweezil Zappa. And I say welcome to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line with me, I have Dweezil Zappa. How are you doing today, Dweezil? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. I know uh, you got a lot of things going on right now. Um, first off, you got a uh, you got a new album in the works. works. Uh, would you care to talk about that a little bit? Yep, I have uh, a record that is solo uh, original music, and I just decided um, now was the time to do it. So mm-hmm. I spent some time on the calendar and said, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I decided to do it with Pledge Music um, for the release. And the thing that's really cool about Pledge Music, if people haven't heard of it, is um, it's it's a brand new way for people to experience getting into a music project. So, you know, some people think of it only as a crowdfunding kind of situation, but really, when you get involved in it, it it's a different kind of experience uh, because what you can do is you can be part of the record from the ground up. We're making uh, all kinds of videos, and um, people are able to see what's happening on, the, on a daily basis in the studio see what equipment is being used, which guitars, which microphones, what kind of drums, and you get to see the whole process as it's unfolding. So uh, it's not just about getting the record first or, or you know, making a donation or something. Uh, you, you have this whole other experience with, uh, with making the music. And that has been really uh, exciting and fun so far. Um, and you know the record's going great, and the campaign's going great. Uh, so people are are just about ready to hear some music. Um, we're we're going to start putting some some clips of some of the stuff that uh, is nearing completion. Cool, cool. I know uh, right now you guys are at seventy one percent of your goal, which is great. Um, still forty seven days left. I know, and like you're talking with the updates and stuff. I know I, I I put in a pledge, and you know I I accidentally did look at the tape machine in uh, yesterday's <laughs> update. But uh, <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about like the songs on the album? How long have you had these songs sitting, or is this something that you you decide to sit down and say, now's the time I'm going to write these songs? Well, it was a combination of things because uh, Joe Barisi, who is co-producing the record with me, um, 
great engineer and gets really uh, great aggressive and cool sounds. Uh, so I wanted to be able to make a record that could go from song to song and have uh, you know a unique character for the drum sounds, the guitar sounds, and and everything. So I talked to him about what I wanted to do, and and he was saying, well, what do you have that I can hear? And at the moment, you know, that I was meeting with him, I said, well, I don't really have that much uh, of anything new because I hadn't had a chance to write anything. He said, well, just play me what you have. And I, I uh, went through <laughs> some some tapes I had and everything, and I had stuff that's more than 20 years old. Wow. And I, I just sort of dragged out a few things and played some of those. And... Um, and a lot of it actually really uh, kind of held up in a, in a way that was unusual uh, because the direction is is totally different than probably what anybody would expect for for a lot of these songs. So some of the tunes are actually about 20 years old, right. and then you know about half of it is uh, brand new, including um, this one song that is uh, the most different of anything I've ever done because it's. Uh, going to involve an orchestra. So we have uh, um, this rock band track, and then there's going to be a, a quartet, uh, a string quartet, and a, and a brass section. Okay. Um, and so that that piece of music at the moment is called Funky 15 because it's in 15-8, a very strange time signature. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically it ends up sounding like a, a cross between the Mission Impossible vibe and, and a bunch of other things, you know, so it's like a, a real audio movie, uh, especially when the orchestra comes in. But the cool thing about the orchestra is that um, it's being recorded by Jeff Emmerich, who recorded all the Beatles records. Okay, cool. Well, it sounds, uh, sounds like it's going to be a very interesting song. Um, there's another track on the album, uh, Dragon Master, and you, yeah. you said in one of the updates that was one of the songs that you and, and, and Frank uh, wrote together. Can you talk a little bit about that song and, and the genesis of that song? Yeah, that song uh, is a heavy metal song. You know, back in the early 80s, you know, heavy metal was was really probably the most kind of popular music there was, but the the term heavy metal has changed over the years as to what really represents that sound. But in the early days, you know, I mean, it, it was like Black Sabbath up to like, you know, the 80s, early 80s, like Iron Maiden and, and all that kind of stuff, you mm -hmm. know, his priest. <laughs> so Frank uh, wrote uh, some lyrics that he thought were pretty hilarious. Um, and he, he wanted to do a, a, a a heavy metal song, and he th he said, well, why, why don't you write the, the music to it? And uh, so this was about 1986. Um, a few years later, I had a band with my brother called Z, and we mm. were playing concerts um, periodically, and um, I did write some music for the song Dragon Master, but at that time, heavy metal or metal music was more along the lines of Metallica and some other kind of speed metal things that right. were happening. So the song kind of took on that flavor. But uh, when I made it for this record, I went back more to the original uh, sort of tone of what heavy metal 
traditionally meant uh, to me and and uh, so it's got uh this really super heavy duty but almost kind of groovy uh riff to it and um it's also blending some arabic uh scales and things in it i play uh an oud on there um and so there's some some very strange uh textures that are unexpected in that song along with um you know real powerhouse kind of vocal melody uh so there might be a surprise guest or two who are singing that song cool cool it's uh you know from what i've been reading with the updates and and you know talking to you this album sounds like it's going to be uh it's going to be something really cool and, and something uh you know really special um you mentioned working with joe barisi you know he's you know worked with a lot of bands uh queens of the stone age tool coheed and cambria um how did you guys hook up to work on this album I met Joe at a an auction of all the Les Paul recording equipment. Mm. Um, so I went there just looking at all the stuff because I knew Les Paul and and uh, you know he was such a genius with all this gear and right. he had ma- invented so many cool things. So they were auctioning off a bunch of stuff and and Joe, being a, a gear collector for studio equipment, was there and I was talking to him uh, through. Uh, this other friend of mine, James Santiago, who's a great guitarist, um, and he's also married to Sheila Gonzalez, who's in my band. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's when I when I first met him, and uh, when I got the idea to make the record, I said, I'm just going to try to, you know, find a way to make this work. Um, and so I, I called him up, and we tried to get some uh, time that would work in his schedule. And we had to just kind of jump into it because um, we recorded all the basic tracks at his studio. So we did 12 songs uh, of drums and bass in four days. And then I did uh, three days of some guitar tracking at his place. Uh, And then I had to move to another studio uh, to do the rest of the guitar stuff. So I'm right now almost done with all of the guitars um i'm finishing up some acoustic guitars today and then it's going to be time to uh move on to the vocals i haven't done any of the lead guitar stuff but right. all the rhythm guitar stuff is uh is basically done um is there uh you know you're using you know mentioned like you know recording this like analog tape and whatnot when most stuff you know is all digital now is there a reason why you wanted to go back to more of the analog uh feel of this well growing up there were so many records that you know just had such a classic feel to them right. and i uh, i never got a chance to really make a record that that felt that way so i i thought this would be uh, a good opportunity to to do something that that has a nod to the history of you know recorded rock music and really get a, a chance to participate in what that heritage is because uh it's a sound that you know we we all grew up on you yeah. know or anybody who's over 35 you know <laughs> yeah. um and it's uh it's a great it's a great sound so I just wanted to uh, make at least one record 
that had that that kind of vibe happening. And um, so the thing about using tape is it does have a character to it. The sound uh, of of tape does have a, a character, uh, but it also adds a lot of noise. You know, the reason right. it sort of disappeared from uh, the recording process is because there was a bunch of hiss that was always in between all the tracks and, and, uh, you know, digital recording removes all of that. But the thing is that hiss is part of the reason that we like a lot of the, the older records, because it just sort of blends things together in exactly. a way that, um, that just has character. So, that was the reason. I just wanted the, 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 the sounds on the record to really have character and depth to them, so I thought, let's, let's try and do it this way. But another reason for it is I wanted to move quickly with the record, and I wanted to limit uh, myself in terms of how many tracks could be used for things. You know, with a tape machine, you've got 24 tracks. Right, right. You know, with a computer, you can use, you could do you know, 350 tracks if, if you wanted to, you know. So the, the point is, if you're using less tracks, you're committing your best ideas to the arrangement. And that's that was the goal with this, is to, to just, you know, have it so you just put the faders up and it just automatically sounds like the record. Cool, yeah. And, you know, one thing about digital, too, is sometimes it kind of like you mentioned it doesn't it's it's sterile sounding because it's sometimes too clean and, and too perfect um so again really excited to to start hearing some stuff from this um you know recently announced actually this week uh, you guys announced uh, going back on the road with zappa plays zappa um celebrating the uh, 40th anniversary of uh, one size fits all um can you talk a little bit about this upcoming tour yeah the tour was in the works for a long time even before I decided to make the record uh so it will sort of coincide with uh, I think the release of the record cuz we're planning to release the record around April or May okay um but the tour begins I think March 31st mm -hmm. uh and on this tour, we're going to be playing that whole record, One Size Fits All, um, but we're also going to be playing a lot of other things from different eras of, of my dad's music and some orchestral stuff. Uh, I know we're doing one show in, in Colorado uh, where we're going to play with members of the uh, Denver Symphony Orchestra. So um, we're, we're doing a lot of different stuff. Um, on this tour, we'll, we'll definitely be playing some things we've never played before. We're getting into some of the super tricky polyrhythmic um, compositions like Sinister Footwear and, nice. and crazy stuff that is super hard. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I was at the the, the last show here in, in Pittsburgh, and it was, you know, it was it was an awesome time just, you know, seeing some of that and you know, reaching a whole new audience. Um, this is the tenth year of, of, of Zappa plays Zappa, and uh, did you think that you'd be doing this this long, or that there'd still be a demand to see all this? Um. You know, going into it, I didn't really have any preconceived notions or expectations about what what it actually would turn into. You know, right. the, the initial goal was uh, just to give an opportunity to a, a new audience 
to see the music played respectfully, um, you know, live on stage. Because the the thing about it is, when you see live music, even if you've never heard the song before, when you actually see it, you make this connection with it in a in a way that that bonds you to the music, uh, you know, more so than just a casual listen, right. you know, at home. You know, these days people have such short attention spans and, and when they just put something on, they're only listening to 10, 20 seconds of something and and without any kind of uh, knowledge of the history of it, uh, you know, they're not connecting with it as well. So the tour represents an, uh, an opportunity to explain a little bit about some of the music, give some cool details, uh, stories about yeah. how things are recorded or, you know, just funny little uh, things that have happened over the years. And then playing this this stuff the way that it is uh, written, you know, that's that's the other side of all of this was that I, I really wanted to to showcase some of the things that I felt made my father's music stand out. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily the stuff that got on the radio because that right. actually is stuff that uh, represents the least amount of my father's catalog. Yeah. You know? So that was, that was the challenge, is how could I actually educate or re-educate an audience uh, about really the, the totality of my, my father's work and, and the stuff that I felt was uh, underappreciated or you know, overlooked. Cool, cool, and it's uh, you know, like I said, it's it's a, it's a great time, and it's a very enjoyable concert. And, and you know, I agree with everything you're saying about you know seeing the music. I think uh, gives the the audience a, a deeper understanding and, and makes them a lot more appreciative of of, of what the music is. And uh, happy that you guys are still continuing doing this because you know the, you know, I've always been a fan of, uh, of your father's and you know even your your stuff too. So um, you know it's uh, happy that the album's coming out and, and excited to hear that and want to wish you uh, good luck with that um, and hopefully uh, see you on the road. And you know thanks for taking the time to talk to us. No problem. I appreciate it. And for people that are interested and and. Uh, getting involved in the in the new record and the pledge campaign, you know, if they go to the pledgemusic.com website um, and check out, there's there's video clips you can see about 30 seconds of something if you haven't made a pledge, but you can get an idea of some of the things that are happening. And over the next sort of uh, two weeks, there's going to be a lot more um, stuff showing up on there and and audio clips and, and things like that. So. Uh, it'll be pretty interesting to see how it's all unfolding because, you know, the record is really taking shape at this point. I've only been working on it for about two weeks, but it's right. been, it's been uh, you know, around the clock pretty much, 12 to 15-hour days. So. Well, um, is there any, real quick before I let you go, is there plans to, you know, tour with this album after the Zappa plays Zappa? Uh, you know, it's one of those things that, kind of don't know anything about right. i mean i'd like to go out and uh and uh play some shows of, of this um but i mean i haven't even heard the whole record yet right. uh i know in my head what it's supposed to sound like but i haven't actually heard it physically uh <laughs> take shape yet you know so right. 
um, it's uh, it's something that would be cool to do, um, and uh, I definitely will make some announcement if we uh, if we decide to do that. Cool, cool. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the album. Again, it's uh, Pledge Music, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. Uh, thanks a lot, Weasel. All right, thank you. All right, I'd like to thank Dweezil for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk to us. Please make sure you check out his Pledge Music site uh, if you're interested in contributing. Uh, we'll have a link for it on our page. There's a lot of cool items to pick from with a lot of different levels you can contribute at. Uh, it's a very cool way of, of pre-ordering the album and getting an inside look of to uh, what it takes to make the album. I know I contributed, and the updates are, are very cool, very entertaining. Um, also, Zappa Pay Zappa will be in Pittsburgh in April. Another thing to look forward to. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And check out our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Until next time, thanks for listening.